So I'm going to introduce um, Hope and Freddie this morning, who's going to come and give us the word. And as you know, um, we've been preaching through Romans 12. And, and we've gone through the um, living sacrifice, put your life on the altar. We've gone through be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've gone through don't think more highly of yourself than what you ought. And we've talked about like you've been given a gift to steward in a way that delights God and blesses the family. And then the next scripture in our lineup is about being devoted to one another in brotherly love. And it's about honoring one another. And as we were prepping this, we were like, man, you want people to talk on those topics who live those topics. And so we actually asked Hope and Freddie, it's just like, this is something that they live. But I also want to tell you this. When we asked them to speak, we gave them freedom to bring from their story, from their message, from their life, knowing that it's going to be different than most of the people who are listening from their story and their life. And, and I want you to know that they have the freedom to like, and, and we also recognize that this is a season with everything that's going on in our nation that, you know, we're really called to listen, to humble ourselves. Remember, we're on the altar. We're humbling ourselves and we're, we're setting our posture to listen and to learn. And Freddie and Hope have got something to, to tell us. But this is vulnerable for them. Right? Right? So here's one of the things I'm going to ask you to do because we're family and, and, and they're coming in vulnerability. And do you know how hard it is to speak to two empty rows and people who are sitting in the back of the room? You, it just, you just, I'll tell you this, you automatically feel more hostile. So if anybody would love to like just give a little bit of a like, hey, we love you, Hope and Freddie, and we're going to come and be a friendly face in these empty chairs, that's probably going to bless them a whole bunch. Thank you. So how about you welcome these guys up here? Yeah, I'll get them. Oh, you've got one. Okay, and, and we're going to pray for them, right? And then... Right. <laughs> stay in the stay between the lines, please. <laughs> uh, so how about you extend your hands to Hope and Freddie? So Father, we just we thank you for Hope and Freddie. We thank you for their willingness to share from their hearts. We just thank you for the message that they carry. But God, I thank you for the lives that they've lived. We thank you for what they have poured out through their life, through their intercession, through their story. And God, we just, we humble our hearts to hear from you through Hope and Freddie this morning. And we just bless them. Bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name. I might use my 15 minutes just weeping. Because I've been asking God to... Allow me to steward this season well. Okay. One of the things that God is showing me in this season is that our words are, carry so much weight. And so as hard as it is for me, I'm learning to slow down and listen to what he's saying. 
Because if he is not saying it, there's no need for me to say it. It can't change anything. My opinion is not going to change a person. And it would be unlawful for me to stand up and tell you all of my struggles with what's going on in the world and not tell you how good my God is. Right? So, I want to honor this man. Because if you guys have not, when we say that the struggle is real, for minority men in America, it's real. In his workplace, it's real. In his home, it's real. So I honor you today for the man of God, because I'm going to tell you, it takes a man of God to, to, to live with a woman that has so much passion, okay? And to navigate that for how many years? 29 years. So I appreciate him. And um, I appreciate him. I appreciate him as a dad because I didn't have a dad. And we have shared this conversation many of times. And I told him I'm so thankful that he's showing my daughters on earth how a father's love is supposed to be. Now, you're going to have to give me some of your minutes because I'm honoring you in this season. <laughs> okay, you guys. This week, this week has been like this for me. I'm gonna, and I, I went up here, well, this week has been up here, but the last two weeks have been a roller coaster ride. I'm just going to be honest with you. I had to find a different place to even get into the presence of the Lord, so I started going out to the river and just spending time with God. And one of the things that Nathan Chud said, uh, I'm so glad for Nathan's message. First, I was just thankful for Carla's message because she was talking about on the altar. Now, I think Dennis did transformation. Who did transfer? I don't remember who did. I'm sorry, guys. But she was talking about throwing ourselves on the altar. This is a good time for us to be on the altar. And I'm going to tell you, the only place transformation can come is on the altar. It is the only place where transformation comes is on the altar. And then Nathan, I was so thankful, Freddie and I, when we were asked to speak, we started looking at, um, you know, the statistics. And to be honest, I am so glad that Nathan did the statistics of minorities in America because they were heavy for me because I live it almost daily. And so one of the things that I, I, I was just scrolling through Nate, Facebook and Nathan put up the, on his page, he said, if the world were merely seductive, that would be easy. If it were merely challenging, that would be no problem. But I arise in the morning torn between a desire to improve the world and a desire to enjoy the world. This makes it hard for me to plan my day. I don't want to have to improve the world. I want us as the saints of God to realize that the world needs to be improved. When you look at us and you see us killed in the streets, or you see our neighborhoods in crime, let me tell you something, and I'm going to show you. Go ahead and show this. Go ahead and show these pictures. I have pictures of my family members. That's my son. That's my son who was murdered. Go ahead on to the next. That's my sister who was living in her house. And someone broke in and was shot. That's my nephew. I mean, go back, go back, mama. 
That's my sister. Someone came in in her house and shattered. That's my nephew. I'm not going to tell his story, but he was in the hospital for a long time. That's my sister. Her, a gun was put to her head and she was robbed. One more. And that's my niece who was shot on my birthday on Friday this year. That's our story. And in the 80s and 90s, this is when this started happening in our neighborhoods. The drugs came in and then the gun violence came in. But you know what they did to people that looked like me in the 80s and 90s? They criminalized addicts. They put them in jail. They gave people that had crack on them longer years than the people that had cocaine on them. And I will let you guys figure out why. But when I moved to the suburbs, the addicts, they were given treatment. They weren't put in prison. And this was not done by the community, but it was done federally. There has been a system in America that has been set up, a system. I'm not talking about individuals, because we know there's individual racism in both every group. But I'm talking about the system in America, and you can Google this, you can read this for yourselves. It has been set up to exterminate, to devalue, to dehumanize a certain group of people. Now I'm going to give you a report. I'm getting ready to talk fast because Freddie is going to let me know when my 14 minutes is up. So I'm getting ready to start talking fast because I feel like this is from the Lord. I've, I, I've been out there, I've been out there, and God was like, this is time. For you to speak. So I'm, I'm praying that it's coming off. You can see my pain, but you can yet feel my love. Can y'all do that? If not, I need to sit down. Because the scripture, and Freddie's going to come and bring it home with the scriptures and everything that we're supposed to be doing, right, baby? But I want to tell you about a, a Pew research that was done. They had 135 preschool teachers in this research. And they asked for them to come, and they put six kids in the room. Two black kids, and the rest were, you know, um, Caucasian and other, I guess, other minorities. I really don't even remember because I zoned in on the black kids, to be honest, because you understand it once you hear everything. But anyway, so these kids were in there, and they asked the, ki they asked the teachers. The children did not know that the teachers were there. And they asked the teachers, they said, I want you to document deviant behavior. Now, how old is three and, I mean, how old is preschool? Three, what, what'd you say? Three, four, and five. They said, I would like for you guys to document deviant behavior. Mind you, there was no deviant behavior. But when they asked the preschool teachers to document the deviant behavior, all 135 pairs of eyes went to the two black boys. It was recorded on camera. So they brought these teachers back in. They said, listen, there was no deviant behavior. We just wanted to know. We're trying to figure out when does these kids, black kids, begin to be labeled? When in America do we begin to label these kids? All of the teachers, when they told the teachers that, they were so hurt. And they asked the teachers, they said, do you want to still be a part of this program? And only one didn't. 
See, that's our hearts. Our heart is to do right. But if you never have interaction with someone that does not believe the same thing you do, someone that does not look like you, you'll never understand the only thing that you'll actually end up happening is that you'll begin to believe what you see. We've been knowing that fake news about us was fake a long time ago before America said anything about fake news. Calm me down. Calm me down. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. And by the way, my niece will be getting out of the hospital. Yes, God. Yes, God. We could be planning a funeral, but now we're planning how to take care of her. Praise God. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. And if you know who he is, I'm, listen, guys, this is the thing. For too long, I believe that we have allowed other people to do research for us. We have allowed other people to read the scriptures to us and for us. We have allowed other people to say what thus said the Lord to us. I believe it's time for us to get on our faces with God and ask God, is it me? Is it me? Is it me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer? Let me tell you something. I have been on the altar. I was just telling Laura about this. I understand that when trauma like this happens, that if I am not healed of these traumas, then it will affect my relationship with you. And if if it affect my relationship with you in a negative way, then I need to get back on the altar and repent. That's just it. We're the saints. We're the church. We're the church. We bring change. Everything that has happened in America is the church's fault because we're giving our authority over to another system. We're giving our authority over to the political system. We're giving our authority over to a racial system. God is saying no more. God said, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. If God be for us, who can be against us? He said that we are the head and not the tail. This is our responsibility. Calm me down some. What in the world, Freddie? Stop it. Stop pushing me. Okay, Freddie said five minutes. Okay, and I'm going to read these scriptures. And I mean, this, this, you're going to read the scripture, right? So I'm going to read what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. He said, and, and I will tell you who he is. He was a pastor when Hitler was in charge, okay? He said, oh, wait, 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 wait. God just brought this up. Idols. What I was just talking about, the political system, the a culture, God even shared with me, and I will say this, God even shared with me is this. He said, Hope, be careful that who you are, your blackness does not become an idol because I will command you to bring it down. So God has even been dealing with me about that. I have to get this message across and make sure that when I get it across, it's love for humanity. It's not love for a black race. And this is the thing. We don't want anything special. Stop letting the enemy tell people that we want something special. We don't want special treatment. If one of ours is arrested, if they do something wrong, arrest them. However, don't become the executor, the judge, and the juror on the streets. <laughs> Y'all, I can't, this is the only church I can go to. So if y'all put me out, I'm going to sit in the back out there on the steps because I'm going to tell y'all right now, now, 
that's the only church God told me to come here. I'm going to stay here. Now, uh, y'all going to have to call the popo, and popo and black folk mean police to get me out. And Freddie, if you arrest me, you know you're going to be sleeping on the couch. So I ain't going to, y'all, I'm not going anywhere now. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I'm here to stay until God says so. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, we must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. Cheap grace it's the grace we bestow on ourselves. Judging others makes us blind, whereas love is illuminating. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. Whoa, whoa. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. I thought she had a lot more, to, lot more to present because she has about 10 pages here. <laughs> but um, it's so true what, what my lovely wife has shared. And I just want to say as a church, we are a kingdom people. We are a kingdom people. We're not left, we're not right, but we're kingdom. And we operate according to the word of God. And we, we live and we move in him. Amen. And so it's so important. And I understand, you know, you see, you turn on the TV and you see all this stuff going on. You hear people at work or friends, social media, all of this rhetoric about what's going on. But Jesus is saying he's called us to love one another. He's called us to understand one another. He's called us to be concerned about our brothers and sisters, no matter what their cultural background is, he wants us to be the spearhead to reach out. Amen? If I were to ask a question today, if I, would, if I were to ask a question today, she's interrupting me, she's, you're okay. If I were to ask you all, how many of you all have reached out during this crisis to a loved one, a friend, and say, just to show that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here to support you. I, I have some questions I want to ask about this situation. How many? No, you don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but what I want to share is some of us don't because it's a difficult and it's a hard situation. We've had members of the church come to us and ask. I've had members um, come on my job and ask me questions. And what I'm finding out is a lot of times, people just don't know. One of my co-workers, he was, he was born and raised here. He said, Freddie, I'm going to just be honest with you, man. Uh, when I was in high school, it was only a couple of African Americans. And all the information I knew about African Americans or people of color were, were presented to me through the TV through the media, through the movies. Fake news. And he said that, he, he said, and I have, to, I have to say, it wasn't positive. Fake news. And so we understand that. We understand that it's generations that have only received the, the negative things about African Americans and people of color. But I'm here to tell you that we're good. <laughs> Amen. I want to tell about my generation. So she, One more time, just one more time. I had to tell this because this was in my thing. Come on. I am only the one, two, 
third generation of being born free. Amen. And I can kind of tag along with that and continue my uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> I was born in Jackson, Mississippi. And I recall, and this, this, is, this, this vision is just as clear as that phone there on the stand. I sit in class, in my elementary class, and I looked, I was sitting in this direction, and I looked to the right, and guess what I saw? At the intersection of my school, there was a KKK marching and rallying. This happened from the fifth grade all the way to the eighth grade. And so I didn't know what PTSD was growing up, but I was fearful throughout class. So it was very difficult for me to grasp what the teacher was saying because I was always looking over my shoulder, wondering where they're going to come into school and get me. And I often, as I grew up, I often asked the question, where was the good people to stand against that? Wouldn't it have been someone to say, hey, it's, it's young men and women in that class. They're trying to learn, but yet the people that terrorize that member of people are outside the school. But it didn't change. Still to this day, the Ku Klux Klan has a strong foundation in Mississippi. And that was one of the reasons I had to leave, because it was injustices everywhere growing up. And so when I read early in life, I, I was attracted to um, God. I used to drive around in my old 1966 Ford pickup with a 390 engine in it. I had a little cam in it. So I was, I was really happy. I was really happy to just drive and travel. That was my freedom of my time with God. And I would go to the different revivals, and I would hear the preachers preach, and, and they, were, they were those old Southern Baptist preachers, and they would have like a hum, God is good. I'm here to tell you today, God is good. <laughs> and when he would preach like that, it would erase all the hardships, all the terrible things. And he would share that we served a God that was alive and well. And he shared with me that God would never leave me nor forsake me. But he would be there to the ends of the earth with me. And I learned over the years that he's called us as brothers and sisters in Christ to love one another. It's just not by word. It's just not by even deed. But it's a heart that no matter what this outer appearance, outer appearance looks like, God wants us to excel in reaching out to one another and reaching out in love to one another. Amen? We've had, I'm going to just go quickly through some of the things that we've experienced, just to, just to let you know that today is still bad. Unfortunately, and it's sad to say, today is still bad. Here in Wasilla resides white supremacist groups, and I know that because of the job that I have, but it's white supremacist groups right here in Wasilla. Amen? You guys wouldn't have known that, no, but I'm here to tell you they are. One of the gangs that you might want to just, just to let you guys know that Freddie is being truthful 
There's a gang called 1488, and they, they reside in our area. It's a white supremacy gang. You can research it, but what I'm here to tell you is our struggles are continual. It hasn't been a period where it stopped. Just because we had President Obama come into office, it didn't stop the, the racial injustices. It didn't stop the discrimination. It is very well alive. It's a deep-rooted system. It's one of America's iniquity. Iniquity is a gross injustice. An example of iniquity is this. An example of iniquity is this, is when I get in my car on purpose to hit someone. If this was individually, I wouldn't be as passionate about it. But when it is a system, again, that has been set up for evil against a particular group of people, that's wrong. And it's wrong on a whole nother level. Now, with that being said, how many of you here are willing to do something that will say in your heart, Freddie, Hope, we're going to do something, even if it's just reaching out, even if it's just reaching out to, thank you, baby, even if it's just reaching out to a friend, uh, a neighbor, um, uh, in some way, reach out and help because the struggle is real. I said I was going to kind of go down a list of things that have happened to me, and it's kind of like Paul, I won't compare myself to Paul because I didn't go through the things that he went through and I have not always been a saint. Amen. 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 But God redeemed me. Yes, he saved me. He yes, made he me did. strong. Amen. Yes, he did. Yes, he did now. now, growing up, um, well, not growing up, in Alaska, we have had a noose, a physical real noose made for our child and threats that a group of people were going to hang him and drag him behind the car. We've experienced that here in Alaska. We've had tires burn in our yard, yep. you know, yes. and, and, and saying we don't want you here in communities. We've had the N-word striped in the dust on the side of our car. Yep. So we've experienced these things today. So what we're telling you, you all is their church, you have a mission, you have a purpose, we need you all. We need you as a, as a kingdom to represent and stand against unrighteousness and injustice. It's scriptural. Amen. And I'm going to share, amen, the scripture. If we can go to Romans, the 12th chapter, and the ninth verse. And it says here, let the inner movement, allow the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Yeah. This is the uh, passion edition, but it's so real. Amen. How many of you have passed a African American or a person of color, and you don't really know that person? So I choose I'm not going to speak to him. I don't know him, or even just another human being. Just pass him without saying hello. Um, as Christians. We need to step it up, amen? When we confront someone or meet someone, we should show what? Love. Love. We shouldn't wear the mask. We're not a different person once church ends, amen? But we're Christians forever, eternal, always. We're the temperature setters. We and are the temperature setters. Amen. No, I have not. I got my watch right there. We're the temperature setters, guys. 
we cannot continue to allow the world to set the temperature of what this this is ours. Yes. God said we shall inherit the earth. This Amen. is our ground. Why would we come in here and allow the devil to wreak havoc in our ground, something that God has given me? That's just like me coming and allowing my grandbabies to come and, and tear up my house that we paying for. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Amen. Amen. So now, scriptures that complement Romans 12 and 9 is uh, 1 Timothy 1 and 5. It says, for we reach the goal of fulfilling all the commandments when we love others deeply. Yes. Deeply. Let me get you, out, you guys to say deeply. Deeply. So deeply means it's, it's not a superficial. It's not superficial. It's just not the trend of the world. But it's a concentrated, uh, a love that God gives us. Amen. It's a love when we read our word that he gives us. And he said, hey, I'm going to have to love. I'm going to have to love in a way that's drawing this person. Amen. Drawing this person to the kingdom. And he says, deeply with a pure heart, a clean conscience, and sincere faith. First Timothy 1 and 5. And now the next scripture says in 1 Peter 1, he says, now, because of your obedience to the truth, you have purified your very souls, and this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers. So express this sincere love towards one another passionately and with a pure heart. Somebody say passionately. passionately. Does anyone need an example of a person that has passion? <laughs> so we're living epistles read and seen of men and hope that passion she has God wants you to have passion for righteousness amen amen glory and the only way why he's finding his going to his next scripture it's only on the altar guys it is only no one else can do the work for us within here. We have to do it. And before we can come together corporately, before I can love Freddie as I love myself, I have to find out what's going on in me. I have to be able to love me. I cannot love my neighbor as myself if I don't know how to love me. I'm learning how to love me. So if you learn how to love you, then we come together, we can love the world. I'm a, can I do my poem? Okay, I'm going to close it with the poem. <laughs> I wrote a poem. Okay, yes, we can, we can allow you to do that. <laughs> the next scripture, amen. I'm sticking with the scripture, amen. <laughs> and I knew he was going to do that, thanks of God. That's why I had to come in and make it personal. You see? Baby, it's well known. You don't have to it's express all right, baby. <laughs> So Romans 12 and 10, it says, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believer as members of what? One family. So when it says one family, that is, that is huge to me. Because as I look at the church, I'm family. Take me, take me. Hey, you got to take me. We're family. And all of, the believe, all of the believers around the world, we're family. So we have to make sure 
that we're treating each other like family. Amen? This is real, real, you guys. Um, and now I could honestly say we had a family, um, a Caucasian family, come over yesterday, and their, their kids played in the yards, ran up my stairs, and, and ate my food, and went in my refrigerator, just like family. Amen? And that's how it's supposed to be. We should have an expectation for that. But some of us, uh, now what if Freddie come over to my house and he bring all his chilling over to my house? How is that going to work or how is that going to look? We have obedient kids for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to come and visit you all. I've had invitations, but I had uh, only a few. Right? Can't bring the grievance. <laughs> I would love to fellowship with you all. And, and any question that you have for me that maybe have, has been going on in your mind, you said, I just wanted to ask uh, an African-American this question. I've been wanting to ask him for the longest. Well, you have a brother right here, amen, that you can come to and ask, amen. And I'm going to be sincere, and my answer is going to come forward with love. That's what it's all about. Amen? And I will feel so good. I will be so happy. Amen? The next scripture. Now, this scripture also complements Romans. It's Hebrews 13 and 1. It says, no matter what. Say, no matter what. No matter what. Make room in your heart to love every believer. Amen? I'm going to tell a quick story. I have a little time. Um, <laughs> I've dealt with some of the most atrocious, mean, difficult people in the world. Amen? If you can think of the worst crime, the worst scenario and situation, I've dealt with that. Amen? Through my job. Hope and I both are veterans. We're both combat veterans. We both served in the war. I was with a uh, Special Forces Unit, uh, 82nd Airborne Division. And we jumped into places. We did parachute jumps. So we've had experiences. We're just not talking to you, just guys from the street. We've, we've been through life. We've, we've been through some things. And I'm here to tell you that God's love doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change, it doesn't change based on a person's past their past behavior, when they lift up their hands and say, Lord, I receive you, it changes that person. They're a new creature. Behold, all things are new. And I remember ministering to a young man that had done, he had, com had, had committed a bad crime, but he said, I want to give my life to Christ because I can't change. And I wanted to say, man, I can't minister to this guy. He's done this terrible deed. I can't, can't go, that, go there. I can't go there. With this, this won't be, this would be unorthodox. But the Spirit of the Lord said, this is why I died. When I hung on the cross, he bore the sins of every person. He bore the sins, and one sin is no greater than another sin. Amen in God's eyes. Sin is sin. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so when Jesus died, he wants all of us free. So 
make it make up in your mind that you're going to reach out to everybody. If the Lord say, reach them, go for them, you go for them. Amen? Because he's with you. Now, the final scripture that I have, and this is, ends my portion. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. It says, so devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add strength and self-control, and to self-control add patient endurance, and to patient endurance add godliness, and to godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters, and to mercy toward others add unending love. Amen. Guys, again, I'm going to tell you this. this. The only way this can happen is on the altar. It's the only way. So we gave the scriptures about love, and I just wanted to share one last thing is the poem that God gave me actually last night and after reading Romans 12 and 9, 12, 9 and 10. If I cry, let me. If I am weak, gird me up until I get my strength back. If I am wrong, Correct me in the same way you will want to be corrected. If you love me, do you like me? If you hate me, how can you love me? If I am mistreated, would you stand with me? Love looks like someone. His name is Jesus. I am the one he refused to leave behind. I want to pray. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for unity in the body, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that in this season you're causing the sleeping giant to awake, oh God. We're throwing down our idols, oh God, and we're saying yes to you, Lord God. Yes to your will, oh God, and yes to your way, Lord God. I thank you that you're going to strengthen us through this time, oh God. I thank you for every brother and sister here, Lord God, everyone that's watching, oh God. And I just ask that you just have your way, Lord God in us. We yield to you today, Lord God. We yield every member of our body to you, oh God. We lay down our opinions, oh God, for your glory, oh God. We lay down our right to be right, oh God, so that you will be magnified and glorified on this earth, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, you guys, for bringing that in. To those at home, thanks for joining us. Bless you to go and enjoy the rest of the day. Bless you to go celebrate your fathers. And we'll see some of you tonight.